from the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, it is Thursday night, and looky there, it is Imran Ansari. You got both of us on the same night for the first time in probably a month. Imran, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you. Good to be back. Uh, how did you like doing the show the week before Thanksgiving by yourself? Was that, uh, I mean, you're an old pro at that now with the whole, you know, legal lowdown and stuff. Oh, but Kevin, you know, there's, uh, there's big shoes to fill, uh, when I'm on Le- legal night or radio night live with, uh, Kevin McCullough and trying to be the guest host there. But I was down at the studio and Ilana, uh, was producing and I did my best. I was no Kevin McCullough. Well. Uh, I certainly tried. I think the genius is in the team and not in the individual. So that's where we'll leave that tonight. But it, we missed you when you were away. I, I trust that you missed me while we were away. People have asked, how was Italy? Italy was fantastic. And we will definitely go back. Um, next time, though, we're going to have to go to all the southern places because, you know, Rome, Sicily, the Malfi Coast, those are all beautiful bucket list yeah. destinations for sure. Anyway, well, it's good to see you. Good to be uh, back on together. So I have a question that may not be in the legal wheelhouse to start the show with, but I want to I want to start on this because I just think it's on everybody's mind. Um, we're back. We're we're at home, and because we had traveled the week before, we were just like dead on Thanksgiving Day. So, you know, the kids have the Macy's parade on, and we're just kind of like just chilling. And I'm seeing this news story a couple of hours later where the the protesters had thrown themselves into the street. They had put super glue all over their hand. Now, what? Uh, just don't even get me started. What kind of dummy put super glue on their hand to begin with? But they put super glues on their hand, and then they stick them to the concrete. And I guess they thought that the cops were going to shut down the parade and people were going to go around them or something because there they are with super glue on their hands, stuck to the to the street in the middle of the of the parade. And the cops didn't feel that way. NYPD said, no, sorry. I'm sorry that you super glued your hand to the concrete, but we're not going to let you stay here. And they start picking him up, and you hear the the screams from the one guy. He's like, and he's just like going on and on. And I'm like, well, you don't put super glue on your hand next time. Um, So my question for you, Mr. Imran Ansari, the legal, consummate legal expert, if those people knocked on your door and said, hey, we want to sue the NYPD, because wrongful injury, we put super glue on our hands and we stuck our hands to the street in New York, but they ripped us off. They ripped our hands off of the concrete. Like, what's the legal b- balance there? What, like, could conceivably be done? And I, I know you can sue a ham sandwich for anything, but is it re- does it really make sense that uh, people would take legal action? Because people were saying, well, hey, cops better be careful. They're going to be in trouble there. What are your thoughts? So, so, I mean, so, Kevin, there's a thing called, uh, I mean, there's certain uh, codes of conduct for the police, and that's internal. That's not even necessarily statutory under the law. But uh, there's a, a certain concept, let's say, in an injury case. So let's say one of these people decide to sue NYPD for excessive force, but then they're claiming injuries. But if you're the proximate cause for your injury, meaning your injury wouldn't have occurred but for your own action. Then like maybe putting super glue on your hands? Exactly. So when you took that super glue, you decided to slather it on your hands and, and, you know, plant them on the ground. You know, the police have to 
clear the road. You can't obstruct it. And they are able to do what's necessary to do so uh, within the parameters. And you know what? You put the glue on your hand. You put your hand on the street. You're the proximate cause, ultimately, I would say, for your injury. And I think that would be dismissed by a court on a motion uh, for summary judgment at the end of the day. And, uh, Kevin, I have to say this. Speaking of the NYPD, uh, I was very, very fortunate uh, to be uh, a guest of uh, the patrol chief of the NYPD, Chief Chell. Uh, and uh, who was gracious to give uh, my family some tickets to the bandstand uh, for the Thanksgiving Day parade. Oh, nice. it, uh, it was a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. God bless the NYPD for everything they do uh, in terms of protecting us uh, here in New York and just the warmth you feel from uh, those officers. And I was treated to that, and I have to say, uh, you know, that could be a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and it, my kids enjoyed it uh, tremendously. It was just uh, amazing. And I have to say this, the amount of effort that the NYPD puts into an event like the Thanksgiving Day Parade in terms of keeping it safe uh, yeah. and well, having oh, a good time yeah. is tremendous. It's huge. Like, I know we don't have really any idea from just watching it or being there, like how much goes into it. But they, they basically do the equivalent of like the Super Bowl sweep. Like, I mean, there's, there's, and there's so much real estate that they have to cover to keep safe. You know, the whole parade route. And with the tensions with Hamas and Israel and all the kind of grouchy cousins that are, you know, barking at each other and stuff like this is this is a very tense time. And the fact that they're kind of that calming force is really important. Is that the first time you've taken the family in person to the Thanksgiving Day Parade? It's the first time that my four-year-old son has been to the Thanksgiving okay. Day Parade. I have taken my now seven-year-old daughter and my wife, you know, to the Thanksgiving Day Parade when on a on a freezing day a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> but that was from the street, and nothing compared to the grandstand and that treatment, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I no. I also experienced the parade as a youth, you know, uh, many freezing uh, mornings. But again, <laughs> you know, it, it's so, it's a real special thing to see uh when you're stand you're sitting there in the grandstand you know near macy's and seeing everything no there's no doubt about it and um the only time that we've done it in person because we normally just watch it from the comfort of our pajamas um but we we did have someone invite us one year to one of the office buildings that has like a third floor they have a whole window that looks out the third floor. So you're like right at eye level with like the, the balloons as they come by, which is kind of fun. And it's across the street, I think, from the library was where this particular office was. And that particular Thanksgiving, I had a fox hit that morning. And so I dropped the family and they went up to the building and then I did the fox hit and then I made my way back down to get to the building. And my kids just loved it. But you know what? It was indoors. It was warm. There was food. There was, there was champagne. There was like, it was, it was amazing. Not for the kids, just for the grownups. But, um, it was, it was really cool. And if, if that was the way that you could be guaranteed of doing the parade, I'd probably sign up for it every year. But, um, yeah, standing out in the cold. I just, I guess I'm not that thankful on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a character uh, uh, flaw, I guess, uh, of sorts. Anyway, he's Imran Ansari, and the lesson of of Seg One tonight, kiddos, is don't put super glue on your hands, and then put your hands on the concrete in front of the Thanksgiving Day parade. You are the. <clears throat> proximate cause. Did I do that right? Did I get that right? You got it. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, when we come back, more legal news of the day. It's Legal Night. It's Radio Night Live. We are super glad that you're with us. Stay here. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. <laughs> so tune in. Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Hey. 
Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michael's of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michael's of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michael's of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michael's of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michael's of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Calling all Patriots. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me on the Patriots Alaska cruise in June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping the world today. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other Patriots on an epic seven-day journey. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while discussing America's future. Join us from June 29th to July 6, 2024. Book online, PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM970. TheAnswer.com. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Hugh Hewitt says a ceasefire is not up to us. There was a ceasefire. Hamas broke it. Hamas, a terrorist organization. They rampaged for hours. And we stand with Israel. Hamas is just a terrorist organization as the United States has decided. And when and if Israel decides to have a ceasefire with them, it will be because Israel decides. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6 on AM 970. The answer. Our hosts tell them like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The answer. Of all the boys, boys, boys. And now, from boys, New York, boys, back boys, to boys. Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough and Imran Ansari back together again. I feel like we should have like some sort of theme song, you know, like we're <laughs> this is like Annie or something. Together at last, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, welcome to uh, Legal Night. It's a lot of fun. Always learn a lot when Imran's in studio because, man, uh, th- in, we live in the day of the uh legal uh alphabet soup man it is just so crazy out there all these cases talking about different things all the time one of the things this week Imran that I had brought to my attention I didn't see this story originally but as I thought on it longer and longer I thought wow this is really weird um there's a couple of stories in tonight's pile that relate to the January 6th stuff and of course that that trial for the former president's coming up soon and it's been now made known and i guess i saw this story on npr so it's not exactly like a you know right-wing outlet um that the special counsel in this case jack smith actually got a secret search warrant now i'm interested as to why it had to be secret but anyway he got a secret search warrant for trump's twitter account and as i read down into the uh, details of this uh story it's not just that they could, you know, go take a look at his account and see, you know, what's on there, but they want every communication that emanated from that account to any other direct message, DM, uh, to anybody. They want, they're looking at every person that liked any of the uh, posts that he put up there from a certain date to a certain date. And they are, they are like, they want all of the names of the people that had access to Go on it and use it and respond to people and all the rest of that stuff. 
And it looks, I mean, this is pretty like deep dive type stuff. And I'm just curious, Mr. Mr. Attorney Man, um, what is he looking for here? What is, what's the, what's the, what's the plausible legitimacy of doing this kind of deep dive on the president's um, Twitter account? Right. So it's not atypical. I'll have to start with this, though. It's not atypical during a criminal investigation uh, for a prosecutor to get a subpoena uh, in order uh, or a warrant uh, in this case uh, in order to uh, look at a criminal target's social media activity. Um, typically, as we saw here, I mean, Twitter fought back on that subpoena because Twitter now X, right, with Elon Musk, right. um, you know, these social media platforms want to maintain this sort of privacy for those who use the platform. Uh, but what was Jack Smith looking for here? I think uh, he's looking for uh, any sort of communication that the president may have had, including private communications such as, uh, quote, unquote, DMs or these private messages that you can, uh, you know, send on these social media platforms in order to shore up this case that he's bringing, he's brought against the president. Um, but was this atypical? Uh, it's not atypical. It's in fact now just indicative of the day and age that a prosecutor is going to be looking for uh, anything that they can uh, against a criminal defendant. Back in the day, Kevin, right, when it was just, um, you know, landline phones, you know, the prosecutor would tap the phone, right? They would get a warrant from a uh, judge in order to tap a phone. Um, and here, uh, you, you, the, the modern era of that, right, the modern age, you're going to get a warrant uh, to sort of do a deep dive into someone's social media or email or accounts like that. I think that's what's happened here. Um, you know, he wasn't told, right? It was a secret uh, search warrant. There was no information given to Donald Trump uh, that this was going to happen. Is that something which is atypical? You never want to, I'm going to now just take Donald Trump out of the equation, Kevin. Right, right. Not, Try to normalize this for right. us. A prosecutor doesn't want their target to know that they're being looked at or investigated, right? Uh, so you don't want a spoliation, meaning, you know, a, a destruction of evidence, a deletion of whatever messages or files that make uh, the search for evidence all the more harder for a prosecutor or law enforcement. So that's not really atypical. But I think it just shows that, you know, it, what's really interesting is is Trump uh, has harnessed social media in such a way um, that, and, and powerfully, right, you know, to to really get his supporters behind him, uh, to make his voice known. Uh, and no matter what you think about what he's saying, uh, you know, it definitely has been a tool that's been effective for Trump to get his message out there. So it doesn't surprise me that Jack Smith isn't going to be looking at other things. I mean, one of the first things or one of the big important things that he wants to look for for evidence vis-a-vis -a, -vis a warrant would be Donald Trump's Twitter account. So um, I think yeah. that's what we have here. Well, what's interesting is, and I think that this may, in the end, not be very helpful to him, because if if he's trying to prove some sort of collusion, right? So if, if and I don't know that the case is a racketeering case, but if he's if he's trying to say that Trump was organizing the uh, the protests and he was, you know, kind of sending the, the 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 as the field general the marching orders to the people and so forth. Uh, if that's in the DMs, it'll be in the DMs and that'll be publicized and everybody will know it and it'll be very obvious. Um, I think my hunch is that the president didn't do that kind of stuff and that this is largely going to be not that big of a deal, actually, at the end of the day. But I think when when consumers so and there's kind of a personal angle to this, um, the president right around January 6th did respond to a couple of things that I had tweeted. He retweeted a couple of things when I had made significant points about the election. And I was following a lot of the post-election uh, questions that were being raised about voting abnormalities and that sort of thing. So I, I know that he interacted with my content and I know that I interacted with his. I, you know, responded and reposted and did some of that stuff. Um, the thing that went through my head when people were reporting on this was that, you know, is Jack Smith looking into, uh, every person that liked something on his page? That's the obvious, that's the obvious, um, kind of conclusion that people come to. And then I see this other story today that is out that says that the administration, it doesn't say Jack Smith, it says the administration 
has changed the function of the air marshals that since 9-11 have been primarily on airline activity trying to trace terrorists and make sure that terrorists aren't going, you know, where they shouldn't go and so forth, that there's this new program called Quiet Skies that they have been assigned to, which is tracking every individual that flew on January 6th or the day before or the day after, like coming in and out of D.C., whether they were even at the Capitol, whether they even had anything to do with anything or not, they're looking at the manifest of every plane that had people coming and going. When you combine that with the, they're going down to see which account liked which comment the president had on his Twitter page, it has the aura, whether it's intended or not, whether it's precise or not, it has the aura of a very kind of police state kind of feel, like they're really like, you know, wanting to get up the, you know, the the microscope on every single person here. And um, I don't know that Americans are used to hearing their judicial system and government being used that way, particularly against them. And again, I, I personalized a little bit because, you know, I'm going, well, wait a minute. He liked a couple of the things I said. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, at some point, and this is uh, an issue that has been raised in various times throughout our nation's history about what, to what extent, uh, does the government, uh, have a right to intrude into private citizens, um, personal lives, including travel, right? And I guess you give up some of the expectations you absolutely of privacy yeah. when you travel, right? You know, your, your, your information, uh, be it your pedigree information, your, uh, you know, biological data, your, your history in many ways is an open book when you, when you fly, right? And for, for the right reasons. We don't want, uh, terrorists to, to get through the radar, under the radar and on a plane. But, you know, that comes with limitations. Okay, uh, hold that thought. We'll come back on the limitations on the other side of the break. It's legal night and we're getting to a really interesting point. I want Imran to have plenty of time. Stay with us. Keith Peters reporting. The Israeli military says a total of eight Israeli hostages have been released from captivity in the Gaza Strip on Thursday. The army said the Red Cross transferred six hostages to Egypt and they were brought to Israel to be reunited with their families. Two additional hostages were turned over earlier in the day. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is urging Israeli leaders to respect international law as Israel wages its war against Hamas in Gaza. Blinken said Thursday the U.S. remains committed to supporting Israel's right to self-defense, but he also said it's imperative that Israel protect civilians if it starts major military operations in southern Gaza. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have sought shelter in southern Gaza after fleeing their homes in the northern part of the territory. More details at srnnews.com. Calling all patriots, join me in Alaska in June 2024 for the adventure of a lifetime. For more information or to book, call 855-565-5519 or visit PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. AM 970, the answer doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, the answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. 
This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin essentially provides a boost to the immune system or helps regulate it, making it a versatile therapy for many medical conditions. Its use is determined by the specific diagnosis and the medical needs of the patient. The dose used depends on the diagnosis and patient need. In those patients with an immunodeficiency, it helps augment the immune response and supports the immune system in fighting off infections. In those patients with autoimmune diseases, it helps remove antibodies that are being produced in error that result in symptoms such as inflammation, weakness, or numbness. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx. Any information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. (laughs) So tune in. Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. Welcome back. It's legal night. And uh, if you're just joining us and you missed the uh, last segment, we're talking a little bit about uh, a couple of these techniques that are being implemented uh, as the January 6th trial for the president comes closer. The prosecutor in that case has uh, been given a search warrant to not just look at his general Twitter account, but to go into the very inner workings of everything about the account, who commented on what post, who liked what post, what DMs were sent, who they were talking to, who operated the page, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of simultaneously, this story has come out that is uh, showing that the air marshals had been reassigned from their kind of post-9-11 duty of monitoring airline travel for terrorists that are, you know, wishing America ill to now uh, doing what there's being called quiet skies and they're they're actually tracking the movements of people that were in or around Washington DC on January 6th um that that day following the um the riot in the Capitol and so forth. So Imran just before the break you said that um, we are public people and when we do things on on public transportation and in public ways we we give up that i know that we 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 agree not to carry certain things with us uh, on airplanes and stuff because general safety and so forth um but you were about to to turn a corner there what was the uh, next point Right. So I, I, addressing this particular program, this Quiet Skies program, and uh, it was noted that um, that uh, from an air marshal, National, Secu- National Council, Sonia Labasco, the TSA uh, is having these marshals now track individuals who were in the D.C. Uh, area who traveled to D.C. on January 6th, um, regardless of whether they were at the Capitol, regardless if there's any evidence uh, to show that they were uh, even involved in uh, any of the activities uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. And to that extent, that's a very overbroad uh, means of, of tracking and surveillance, right? Because ultimately, Kevin, it is surveillance. If you are monitoring the travels of certain people who were traveling to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, now, that's such a broad uh, category. Uh, that's such a broad uh, application uh, of surveillance on certain people uh, that you have to ask your, yourself, have you now transcended the bounds of the limitations um, of 
being able to track that. And we've talked about when you start traveling on airplanes and avail yourself uh, of air travel, you're giving up certain rights of privacy and you're, you're being screened, you're going through security, etc. But you know, to what extent uh, is that applied? If it's such a broad category to say that we're going to track people who may have uh, flown to D.C. on January 6th. And, you know, that's where you start asking yourself, well, are, are certain rights being um, now degraded, so to say, uh, because these application of this uh, this program is being applied so broadly and without any sort of specificity as to the individual? So let me ask you as a prosecutor, because I think obviously there's the the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, and then there's the practical scenario, like what would be necessary and needed. If you were to press, if you were, if you were, you know, conducting a trial, you were prosecuting and you said, um, I need to know, um, you know, where these people went and came from uh, around those dates. What do you think the criteria would normally be that a judge would say you can have that knowledge? Uh, would, would they limit it typically in, in the willingness to give you permission to do that? Um, and do you think that what this is doing is going beyond what normally a, a judge would authorize like a prosecutor to be allowed to do? Yeah, I think it's a little broad. I don't know what extent the TSA, uh, or, you know, or marshals, et cetera, are, Gathering this information, what are they using it for, and to what, uh, you know, to, to how deep of a dive they're doing on these individuals who who have traveled to the nation's capital on January 6th, whether you have been involved uh, with what happened at the capital or not. Um, but let's just say what you would look for. So let's say permission from a judge in order to surveil or have a search warrant uh, in terms of, you know, surveilling someone's travel or getting their records and whatnot. I mean, you would have to articulate before the judge some sort of reasonable suspicion, uh, you know, that there's some criminality afoot. Uh, and that there's this necessity uh, in order for a judge to order that sort of surveillance into someone's. So it's that reasonable yeah. suspicion that seems to be missing in in this particular program like it, it just seems like it's a wide net and they're trying to just exactly. catch whatever jumps into it and kevin i think that's why you know some people are are flagging this as problematic because it isn't uh specific to any individual or even a group of individuals who just appears to be anyone who traveled to the dc region that day now may find themselves under scrutiny uh they may not even know it right so you, right they may not realize that they're undergoing the scrutiny, but certainly if what we take from this uh, information is true, uh, it could be problematic uh, because it's not being applied in a narrow sense. It's not targeted, but rather broad. Uh, and can the government do that? That would be a question uh, that may have to be answered if someone decides to say, no, this is uh going too far and i'm going to challenge it in court saying if you had someone who got brought up on something and this was how they snagged them that would be one of the things you would you would point out say well we don't we don't know that you had you know the 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 rights to do that at that point okay let's take another break uh come right back still lots of legal news to get to it's legal night he's imran i'm kevin don't go away Hi, Kevin McCullough. Plaza College is proud to announce their Bachelor of Science degree program in nursing has received initial accreditation from the Commission on Collegiate Nursing Education. Plaza's program is accelerated and designed to build on an applicant's prior experience so they can earn the Bachelor of Science in only 16 months. The nursing student's lecture and clinical education is also supplemented by lab work at Plaza College's 5,000-square-foot Center for Healthcare Simulation. The suite of four laboratories features innovative technology that allows students to practice skills development in an educational yet realistic patient care setting. All learning experiences in the nursing program are conducted by skilled nursing educators who have extensive clinical and academic training. Upon graduation, all students are eligible to take the NCLEX exam and apply for registered nurse licensure through the state of New York. The college reports a 90% graduation rate. Plaza College also offers programs for dental hygienists, medical assistants, court reporters, and business degrees. For more information on the program or to inquire about the admissions process for the nursing program, please visit plazacollege.edu. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's hard to believe, but the holidays will be here before we know it. 
So why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with absolutely every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and onto sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit NewYorkCruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first-class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. Or visit NewYorkCruises.com. That's 212-633-1231 or NewYorkCruises.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Eric Metaxas says the protests are a sham. There are people trying to manipulate public perception and using these rallies to do that. It's the PR war. The radical left excels in this, that they, that they can get, you know, thousands of people out to give the impression that, oh, there are a lot of people that are, you know, uh, that hate Israel. The Eric Metaxas Show. Weeknights at 11 on AM 970. The Answer. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We're always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do. Back to Kevin McCullough, live from New York. Ooh, All right, yet to come, uh, we're going to get into some um, uh, Esquire etiquette with the one and only uh, Mr. Esquire himself, uh, Imran Ansari. Uh, but we are first going to um, uh, turn the tables on you, sir, because we've been talking about all these other legal stories tonight. And you spent the entire day analyzing Young Thug, Young Thug the Rapper uh, in his case. Uh, so for people, and I don't follow rap very closely, I didn't even know he was on trial. So what is, uh, what's the story and kind of what was your takeaway today? Yeah, sure. So, you know, for our listeners, a little background. Young Thug is actually a pretty popular rapper. If that's, uh, the genre that you decide to listen to, I think he's won a few Grammys and he has this, uh, rap group, um, Young Slime Life, YSL. Right? Slime Life? Yeah. Yes, I had a few chuckles on that. But now, <laughs> uh, the prosecutors in Atlanta, Georgia, right? The same office that has brought RICO claims against, uh, Trump et al. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a Fannie Willis uh, office? Fannie, Fannie Willis uh, prosecution has brought RICO charges against Young Thug uh, and a slew of co-defendants saying that his rap group, YSL, was not an artistic group, but rather a criminal enterprise that was dealing in drugs, carjackings, murder, uh control substance trafficking, etc. Um, but what is really interesting about this case, uh, Kevin, which implicates the First Amendment, is that prosecutors are using lyrics from Young Thug songs uh, to as evidence as to the crimes that they are charging with. <laughs> well, well with. what did he do? Did he say on March 2nd, we knocked over a, a convenience store and... <laughs> Stole a bottle and took two packs of cigarettes, and and that's and that's the big question, right, Kevin? So you know, the rap genre 
in a broad sense, tends to rap, uh, and sometimes it's, it's fantasy and it's sort of wrote, uh, you know, and criticism for this aside, you know, they romanticize criminality and things like that in yeah. rap. No, it's the culture. Yep. But a lot of it is just artistic expression, right? It's, it's not true. It's just part of the genre. It's, it's, Reality is that that's what sells records, right? Knowing people who produce this stuff, it sells records. Um, and what is true and what is now just uh, an actual admission or artistic expression is being put to, to that detest here, Kevin, because they're trying to use some of his lyrics, which could be say, all right, is he saying, you know, I had part of that shooting, but I didn't, you know, I forget the, the exact lyrics, Kevin, but they could be interpreted. Uh, okay, is he admitting to this crime? But on the other side, the defense side, you could be saying, no, this is just a rap lyric. You can't take this seriously. But it's really giving rise to a movement. Uh, and I think this may be a real test case, Kevin, um, to, and it, there's legislation which is being proposed in Congress that would prevent prosecutors from using rap lyrics as evidence at trial. So there's a movement against this, uh, saying that, you know, First Amendment considerations are foremost here. Artistic expression, which can't be taken literally, should not be used as evidence at criminal trials. So there's a whole, uh, movement, uh, huh. lobbying here against this. And this Young Thug case is going to be a test case, not only for using RICO, the RICO statute against hip hop artists and their sort of clique, right? Their record labels and whatnot and turning that from a record label into a criminal enterprise, but it's going to have real first amendment considerations here. Can a rapper rap about a possible, you know, false murder, false crime, uh, and be sort of, if they are brought up on charges, can they be insulated? from having those lyrics being used against them uh, in the court of law. So it's a really interesting case for so many reasons, Kevin, and it's going to be a long, long trial. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I don't know how I feel about the legislation, though, because my thinking is, and I've, I've not spent a lot of time around rap artists, but I've spent a lot of time around musicians that have written songs and have written what would be considered artistic pieces, and... <laughs> A lot of people, whether you're a rap artist or not, write music surrounding their life, real life, real experiences. I, You know, one of the things that when the Taylor Swift album drops every time it comes out, all the Swifties on planet Earth immediately begin scouring her lyrics to figure out which boy she's talking about who stole her cardigan and didn't give it back and she lost her virginity to and all the rest. I mean, it's, that's like the only thing that the fans do. They want to see how much of the song is really like something that happened to her. Right. And I don't know. I, I'm certainly not against them being allowed to express what they want to express in their form of art. But if you can prove, and I would say that that proof needs to be extracurricular to the, to the lyric itself. Like if you, if you had evidence that backed up what the lyric said with DNA and something that was kind of like hard evidence, I would be totally in favor of letting those lyrics be submitted as a, as a piece of the evidence, not, not the totality of the evidence, but as a piece of them. And I don't know that it should be protected if it's considered like a confession, like if it's an actual admission of like when I've never understood this. When murderers are on phone lines and they say to someone, you know, yeah, I knocked him off and and you have him, you have the person saying it to whoever they're talking to. And, you know, you, you bring it into court. Well, you know what? The. Uh, that the weren't notified that it was being recorded. So now we have to negate that confession. Well. What does it have to do with the fact that he confessed that, that it, it's like it's, it's real, like it really happened? Shouldn't the law be based on the stuff that really happens, uh, kind of regardless of how that is ultimately expressed one way or the other? I'll give you the last word on this because I know it's really sure. tricky and we don't have all the time in the world to deal with it. Yeah, no, but you make a, a great point. And the debate that I was having today on air, uh, you know, on TV covering this trial with my guests, um, was, I mean, it was exactly what you were saying. I mean, of course, if there's some sort of abstract lyric, 
you know, which doesn't have support or corroboration with hard evidence, then you shouldn't be able to use that, right? Because it's too remote. There yeah. needs to be some sort of, you know, if someone is on trial for murdering, uh, you know, killing a um, uh, someone who was in a clown costume, and then they start they start rapping. Oh, on that day, I killed that guy in the clown costume, right? Why that should be used, and it should be fair game because it's so specific, uh, and uh, there's no ambiguity to that. And especially if the guy in the clown costume ended up dead. <laughs> absolutely, you know, and I'm using a very clear cut version. Right. Uh, you know, of connecting the dots between the lyric and the crime. Well, uh, I'm but, thinking of like the yeah. Taylor Swift song where she says, you know, don't, do you wonder what, where I was on April the 29th? Now, that doesn't mean anything to me because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift's life. But my wife and her 10 best friends that are all Swifties and know everything about which boyfriend she broke up with on April 29th or was supposed to be with. By the way, I think it was Harry Styles. Um, th at the end of the day, that's, they connected the dots and it like it's it's a real thing and i don't think that should be just blown off because well she was just writing a song well yeah, yeah. but it really did happen anyway got to take a break esquire etiquette stay here You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code Joe P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code Joe P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. In Dinesh D'Souza's new blockbuster movie, Police State exposes the government's plot to control MAGA conservatives. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. MAGA Republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic. Mass surveillance, censorship, and armed attacks. There's nowhere to hide. FBI, we have an Fifteen marked units on my property. Military-style soldiers pointing an automatic rifle at my head. Are we becoming a police state? It may be the Russia other people grew up in, but not my America. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza, and Bruce Shuley. Police state sounds the alarm. What we need is a person, and then we go find out what crime you did. How did we give the state this kind of power? Police state, they have their lists. Are you next? If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Police State. Buy it or stream it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Our hosts, tell them like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer. Once more, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. It's legal night. Man, the hour has gone fast. It just got us back together again, Imran, and we're going to have to go our separate ways again. But uh, it's time for Esquire etiquette, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you got for us tonight. 
Yeah, so, Kevin, I, I just want to let our listeners know that they should be careful in so many ways. This is not necessarily uh, inferring uh, that our listeners are going to be conducting criminal conduct. or engaging. Especially if you're a rapper who killed a guy in a clown costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be careful what you do uh, and stay on social media and what you post. And I've said this before. Of course, we have a, a great uh, liberty that we all enjoy here, uh, and that's under the First Amendment, and it's always that issue in the courts. It's such a, a dynamic, it's such, it's the First Amendment. It is the backbone of our freedom here in the country to express ourselves the way we want, uh, but you have to be careful, uh, about what you say because it has implications in many ways, right? It could be, uh, something that offends someone or it goes to the point of defamation, uh, and then you could find yourself in legal problems, right? So you just gotta, you have to be careful with what you say specifically, uh, when you're putting it out there in the public domain. Uh, and we've seen this now, especially after the conflict that is still very much underway between Hamas and Israel, uh, people who are really seeing consequences with what they say uh, in the public domain, whether it's supporting, uh, you know, uh, Israel or whether it's supporting Palestinians. You know, you're, you're seeing, uh, you're expressing your views, and that's a great thing under our First Amendment, but you're also seeing some ramifications people are, are experiencing in the in yeah. employment. There's people who uh, lost jobs know. and stuff. Exactly. And, you know, that's going to be a whole other area, I think, that we see from what we're seeing uh, with with these firings and people losing, uh, you know, college, uh, you know, or, or jobs after college, uh, people who are, who are, you know, really experiencing a lot of things on both sides, right, expressing their views. Um, but, you know, my point is that we, I mean, we enjoy the First Amendment and we enjoy our freedoms, but sometimes there's limitations to that. Uh, and even though you want to express yourself, you just got to be careful uh, because you may end up in some sort of legal issue and it may be more of a headache uh, than um, a benefit than expressing your views. I think that's well said. Yeah. And I've often thought that censorship is not a bad thing. Hear me out on this. When it's invoked by yourself, because if you censor yourself to where you only say things that makes sense and are not purposefully trying to hurt people in the process, you are going to be much better off on your own. Like it won't even matter. Like what else happens? You won't have inflicted that self-inflicted wound that only goes along with saying the dumb stuff out loud. And so, yes, we do have freedom of speech. Say whatever you want. You have every right to say it. You can. You can, you know, pull your hair and scream at the moon at the corner of, you know, 34th and Broadway. Uh, but that doesn't mean that what you should do is that. <laughs> Sometimes it's the, the, uh, discernment is the better part of valor, they say. I think that's really true in, in what we say out loud, especially. Absolutely. And Kevin, especially when those verbal sort of points end up turning physical, say at a protest and all that, yeah. uh, you know, your, your intelligent point that may take an ugly side and you may not realize that. And then you're actually giving your quote unquote adversary the upper hand by doing that. So, you know, enjoy your freedom of speech, but do it wisely. Yeah, no, that's well said. All right, Imran, so much fun seeing you. Thanks for being back. We'll, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we'll see you tomorrow night with the Friday Fun Edition of Radio Night Live.